0: Did you guys do our San Diego game last year? Joe, I can't remember where I worked last week.
1: We're going to go for it here on fourth and one. A lot of words, a lot of work. No
0: snap, no play. Nothing, right?
1: It's hard. Hard count for them sides. Well, hello and welcome. We are here for round 14, a week 14 of the NFL Hard Count Podcast. Melody Nashke is here. Hey, 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 Lawrence Horesh, welcome down. Howdy. And Patrice Stackinghouse <laughs> Really Jeez. backing off off quite a weekend I've yeah, <laughs> a beer since Sunday but still feeling
2: a little bit hungover Favourite favorite act from Meredith
1: uh, Meredith Music Festival Best act Oh, Tough calls Tough 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 calls Probably Jaguar Mar Jaguar Sensational Mar. Lace on the Saturday night Yeah, I mean I give you a hard time about being a hipster Mel but I dialed it up to hipster Yeah you've got down the tan to, Victoria, to prove
2: it. it you've been out in the sun Another
1: hard Fell hitting asleep question on a couch on the Sunday and got a little bit sunburned How long's the festival
3: stubble lasting?
1: Uh, well I've We've only got two days before I go and leave oh. for the summer. Oh, wow. So if I can sneak my way without getting on camera in the next two days, you could see me coming back with a real solid beard. How could now you, that you keep that, that face off camera?
2: Now that you said yeah. that, there's going to be some breaking news. You're going to dash off to the airport and there'll be yeah, something. Yeah, I'm to touch some wood <laughs>
1: on my no- noggin. Anyway, we're here to actually talk about football because there was some fantastic football. Let's get right into it. and it's got to all be starting with our man Jeff Fisher. He said he wasn't going to go 7
2: and 9, I believe Lawrence. No,
3: he's not going to get the chance.
2: He's gone. Cause he's
1: gone. <laughs> gone. Matty Ryan gone. waved a bye-bye. Bye-bye to Jeff Fisher.
2: Bye, bye, bye.
1: How do we feel about that?
2: Uh good. It the whole thing is uh makes the Rams actually look like they know what they're doing. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Briefly. <laughs> Briefly. Because because that story being leaked that he was re-signed even if it did happen in the offseason, the fact that it leaked mm. this while soon. they were oh. Like, not doing well. um, So they now have to pay that out, though,
3: right? Yeah, they do. But it doesn't affect the salary cap, and the guy's a billionaire owner. So what's a few million? So this sort
2: of saves face a little bit. They go, okay, yeah, we realise it's bad, and we realise it hasn't been a great season. Don't worry, he's sacked.
3: But this all comes off the back of a 42-14 to rubbing.
2: No Julio Jones, even. (laughs) No No Julio, Julio,
3: no worries. Matt Ryan reminded everyone... Why he was the early MVP front runner? Three touchdowns, no interceptions. His big play moment: yeah. sixty-four yards to the house from who?
1: Taylor Gabriel,
3: <laughs> <laughs> the lightning in a bottle. Taylor Gabriel <laughs> making it all the way to the end zone. At one point, this was forty-two to zip oh, to God. Bubkus in the third quarter, bringing up the fantastic stat that at that point, the Atlanta Falcons had more touchdowns in LA this season than the LA Rams. Ouch! Yeah, that sums Not it up. good. So that's how you wind up with this, Mel. Mm. When we're looking at what the Rams do next, are you are you feeling that maybe they're going to come pinch someone from New England? Or do they just need to take the time, look at the college ranks, give Jim Harbaugh a call?
2: Mr. Offensive Coordinator uh, from the Patriots, McDaniels, he is a great talent. I mean, the whole thing is whether or not he would leave New England.
3: He was in Denver, and the big yes. downfall of his time in Denver is that he picked Tim Tebow. Now he won't have to have that responsibility at his, at his hands because Jared He's Goff is got there. Jared Goff. But I think look, Josh McDaniel's would be an interesting one. Jim Bob Cooter, Stacky Loves the Cooter. I love the name. Um and then the we've hyven. got and Kyle Shanahan, again geez Stack loves a lot of people well, from Stacky's love the Atlanta Falcons. We
2: did do a poll, did we not?
3: We did do a poll. Stay away we, from Kyle Shanahan. Mm, I like him at the Falcons. We threw some Yeah <laughs> <we,
2: laughs> You no. don't
3: want anybody threatening no. this. Uh, Slap
2: the hand, you, no.
3: Stacky, you're meant to be faithful these days to the Chiefs. <laughs> I know,
2: but
1: they've still got a soft spot for them. We had a nice time.
3: So yeah. we did throw it out there onto the Twitter sphere to hard count followers. A modest return of votes, just uh, 14,000 for this one. <laughs> Carl Shanahan, 43% of the votes. <laughs> oh, Jim really. Bob Cooter, 36% of the votes. Yep. Coach Klein from The Water Boy. Uh, he's had some <laughs> mental issues in the past But 14% He's
2: turning it around That's the big upset
3: He got more votes than Herman Boone 81-year-old Herman Boone From uh, Remember the Titans Sadly, 7% Coming in last there So Poor old Herman Boone I uh, know You yeah. would have thought After the monumental performance Denzel put out for him That he would have gained A little more respect From the Twitterverse But no, Apparently well, not. These Millennials, they uh, they love the Cooter and they love Shanahan.
2: Yeah, there's, there's, uh, certainly you think the GM has a couple of guys in mind ready to go that don't make these decisions without having a couple maybe teed up, soft, soft, you know, penciled in. Yeah,
3: I think a, a shortlist is, uh, is yes. probably, they're probably working with a shortlist. Yes. And, I mean, you look at what happened. Todd Gurley described the offense in this game as like a middle school offense with guys just going through the motions. Jared Goff, no touchdowns, two interceptions – Everything's going wrong right now up leading up until this hopefully it's a catalytic moment turning it around but you got the stadium building in LA's hit a snag and of course Jeff Fisher his tenure ends quite fittingly this is sad he's tied
2: don't feel bad for him.
3: the all-time record for most lost games with Dan Reeves at 165 and by and large, most probably will never be a head but coach again. Do
1: would you, know you rather <laughs> have would you rather be equal last or have that outright? I feel like you really want to be just, just
2: embracing and be it. like, oh, What's we'll the
3: worst? The well we're gonna get into some teams later that couldn't even tank right and he couldn't even do this right. But this record was his for ten years, it's been in the books.
2: Anyway, moving on though, the Giants oh, Yes, big against result. the Cowboys, ten seven, just grinding out a win. It all came down to Odell Beckham Junior. So streaking many away, streaking away, me so speed there. Surprise, um, surprise! You
3: hit the Odell Beckham on a slant, and he takes it to the house.
2: But it was the defense, wasn't it? Defense, defense,
3: defense. Wins championships, comes up big this time of year.
2: Mm,
3: that giant D, giant D, ah, <laughs> <laughs> the Giants D with a giant performance. Really gave it to Dallas. <laughs> um, what we saw, great, great, great coverage, consistent Ooh, pressure God. on Dak Prescott, and easily his worst performance. Clearly rattled, wasn't seeing the field. Once again, not feeling that right side pressure, getting sacked three times, coughing up the ball, two interceptions, his first multi-interception game. It was not an impressive performance.
1: He didn't get some help from some people out there. One that comes to mind, Des Bryant, like in a crucial play late in the game, taking yeah. a catch, looking like he's going to get them spilling a first down and then just spilling it
3: cold.
2: Yeah. Janoris Jenkins on him. Very
3: true. Janoris Jenkins played a very strong game and yeah. big cough up from Des. Uh, it's a big sore point for him. But really... Didn't
2: you feel like this is
1: still a game that Dallas... I mean, they could have easily won. They this. could
3: have won. It, this is what I'm saying. It shouldn't have had to come down to Dallas trailing by three points, mm. needing these plays late in the game. The offensive line was doing a great job in the first half. Zeke had 80-odd yards by halftime. Um, and essentially, they saw what was going on in the passing game. The Giants saw what was going on in the passing game, that Dak Prescott was late. He The ball was behind or it was too in front. You're talking about he didn't get a lot of help from Dez. I don't think... Jason Witten, Cole Beasley, and Dez got a lot of help from Dak with some of the ball placement. I thought it was really off, and then they stopped... Respecting the pass and hammering on Zeke.
2: What I really liked out of this game uh, for the Giants, a real standout for me was uh, Romeo Okwara, who is uh, stepping great in name. for Jason Pierre-Paul, who was out, of course, for the rest of the regular season with a, a sports hernia problem. Uh, got surgery on that one, but Okwara, he was great. Led the Giants with eight tackles, got the one sack on Dak, um, one deflection as well, and three hits that were listed um, onto Prescott. So, like, that's really good for a guy who was undrafted. He's still a rookie um, coming out of Notre Dame. He's really made a statement and that pass rush defense for the Giants has been a big factor in them winning these games by these margins. But um, having him as your next man up is pretty good.
1: Elephant in the room, what has to happen? We've got to address it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. As much as I Romo's hate this sort of Dak. level of media flippancy, but, you know, like Dak loses one game, we're on to the question of Romo, right. but I'm going there anyway. What has to happen for us to see Romo take a couple of snaps before the uh, playoffs?
3: Well, let's not dive too much into the um, into the cheap hits here, but basically, you're not going to see it this week. You're certainly not. Um, Against Tampa? No. Nope. Uh, no, it's going to be Dak Prescott playing, and it's probably going to be Dak Prescott... Just a couple Dak... of
1: snaps. I don't mean the whole game. You know, maybe <laughs> a half a quarter. There's
3: no such thing as a couple of snaps, but... What Dallas has put themselves in a position here is because they never gave Romo a shot back in kind of week seven, eight, nine, when he was healthier than they advertised. Because they never gave him a shot to come back in, they create a situation where the only way that Romo can actually come back in is in a negative situation. Dak playing terribly. Or an injury. Or an injury. Crisis situation. Uh, so,
1: you, and we're not at that point, are we? We're like, not one at that bad point. game is not a crisis it's, making. It's a couple bad games.
3: Um, it's two for 24 on third down over the past two weeks, which is the money down, which is absolutely shocking. Ultimately, he's done a very good job for a rookie. He's played, whether we're grading on a rookie scale or not, he's played well and above what you would have expected from a fourth-round rookie coming in. But nothing lasts forever in the NFL. The NFL, not for long. Storylines change, romance change. You know, love affairs change and another couple bad games and well, what the heat's going to pick up. Well,
2: what against Tampa Bay? What happens then?
3: Well, if I will I be watch. in Dallas for that game against Detroit.
2: Oh, I thought you were going to say Tampa. Bay. Like you're getting on a flight today. It no, no, like, no, 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 no. So
3: I will be there for Monday night football if they lose against Tampa, and it's it's on Dak Prescott. Yeah. I I still think you see Dak start against Detroit, but you're going to hear the groundswell come, and eventually you have got to look at this. We don't talk about Super Bowl windows. You have Super Bowl seasons, and who gives you the best chance at winning? Tony Romo does. He is the better quarterback. He's you've
2: been, the- been biting your money no, 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 no.
3: for this loss. He's, it's, it's he's the
2: Church of Tony Romo. Yeah. He's he's he the, the better quarterback, preacher. but again, because
3: <laughs> of the way you went with stuck behind your young quarterback and Dak, you can't pull him after one loss. Yeah. Whether there's been multiple bad performance or not, you can't. But if it picks up Super Bowls uh, are made with hard decisions sometimes.
1: Mm. Well, talking about quarterback narratives, let's go on to one game that featured two significant quarterback narratives <laughs> as the Packers demolished the Seahawks. And is anyone else just confused about Russell bloody Wilson?
2: Thirty eight ten. That's a, that's a shellacking.
1: That's
3: that's a pasting. Mm. We've got any other? We've got pa- uh, pasting, shellacking, demolished, counting? drubbing.
2: No, pounding's not a thing. It
3: was, look, it was a downpour of snow and it was a downpour of points. Mm. Thrashing. So 18 for 23, that's near perfection from Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Three touchdowns, no interceptions, 150.8 passer rating.
2: Whoa,
3: Nelly! Devontae Adams going over 100 yards, Geordie Nelson getting himself a pair of touchdowns. So was this just about, you know, Earl Thomas not being there and there being a gaping hole in the Seahawks' defense or is this go deeper we saw Russell Wilson five interceptions five it's
1: astonishing but it, hasn't this been the story of his season it's it's either been rocks diamonds or injury like he's either it's he's either been oh well we'll give him a pass because he's hurt he's either been absolutely outstanding or it's been an absolute train wreck and i think we got the latter of those three options uh, against the Packers, didn't we?
3: Yeah, I think the Packers did a good job. That offensive line for Seattle can't came trust up again. Of these teams, you can't trust that. Don't and...
1: be gambling on all of these teams.
2: <laughs> Can you <laughs> even blame the cold weather? I mean, it's cold in Seattle. It's cold too. in Seattle. I... Uh, it was there was a lot of snow on that field at Lambeau, but uh, it was bloody cold. Yeah, Lambeau. it looked pretty pretty bloody cold. It... You need the hand warmers going real hard. Well, maybe there, the receivers
3: need the hand warmers still... because there were several interceptions that came off the hands or the bodies of receivers yeah. that didn't help Wilson out there. But I mean, this was just a punch in the mouth right from the outset he looked rogers looked completely in control in command they really rocked them early and there was no coming back and i think something we did see here that that really could be pivotal as the the packers pick up the momentum going into what is hopefully a playoff run for them they got those guys healthy in the cornerback stocks again damaris randall's been back for a few weeks quentin rollins was there making plays you get talent back there and and you get into a position where you're playing with a lead that's going to help out those guys a lot I don't know MVP conversation for Aaron Rodgers. He oh.
2: leads
1: the league in 32 uh, with the, 32 dude, touchdowns. A couple
2: more weeks in the league. Uh, in, sorry, a couple more weeks in a row and yeah. then I'll maybe get into that conversation but not now. Yeah,
1: for me it's been so up and down. I mean, mm. it's hard to yeah. say that when you make a very good point that he leads the league in touchdowns, but I feel like there's been some some oh, real yeah. awful stuff mm. what he mixed does in there.
3: what he does have though always important in the MVP discussion. Is the injury narrative. And he picked up a little oh, you calf niggle here. Sort of stuff. Picked up a little calf niggle here. They say it's not too big, but you see him limping around but still throwing for four touchdowns next week. And it's going to pick up like a tidal wave, a tsunami of support. Uh, are we still allowed to say that? Yeah, Tuna- of course yeah you tsunami can. of support <laughs> for the Aaron Rodgers MVP case. Mel? Mm. Hmm. Nothing would make you happier if Dak Prescott was uh, taken out of that Stop. race. <laughs> I really like Dak Prescott. I really like Dak Prescott. Well, one... I just also want to see best quarterbacks out there.
2: One guy who isn't having any calf problems, Le'Veon Bell gassing Rex and Rob's defense for 236 yards rushing. Hat-trick of touchdowns. Whoa, Nelly! Um, four catches, 298 total yards. That saw the Steelers roll through Buffalo in the snow, 27 20
1: We've spoken a number of times about how their bad isn't particularly bad, but their ceiling, just every time when they turn in mm. a great performance like this, and I think we could all agree twenty-seven twenty probably was a bit wider a margin it than the score was, indicated. Yeah. Um, their ceiling is just irresistible. I feel like they're going to be a real threat. Now, come you
2: have time. noted on this uh, rundown here, Laurie, that... Uh, Ben uh did all right, despite you know not being sacked, and you know he still got that offense rolling. And the three picks came off more miscues than pressure. But I still don't want to see him throwing three picks. That's not going to. Why especially don't goal. you
3: want to see him throwing three picks, because Mel? Because
2: it resulted in you beating me in fantasy. And <laughs> you get
3: ah, grudge match. The Sandy Cohen's eyebrows roll on. I think
2: he got like two points. So Sandy Cohen's
1: eyebrows.
3: Yes, is that, your team name? that is the team name. Wow.
1: Do you know fans what mine is? the team name. Wow, fans of the OC would love that.
2: Reference. Do you know what mine is? <laughs> what. Nothing but a Jimmy G thing. It's... I think Sandy Cohen's
1: yes, on I think it. the
3: people are Team Sandy. But you mentioned rolling on. Sandy Cohen's eyebrows roll on. We're going to roll Please, on. Just a time out here. <laughs> Hold on. Okay.
1: It's 36 degrees today in Sydney. It yeah. is baking. And yeah. Mel, in a tribute <laughs> to her ongoing hipsterism, is running a leather jacket inside.
3: <laughs> whoa, Nelly! Yeah, mate. It's
2: not whoa, Nelly. It's too hot for that. No, okay. it's, it's an ice box in here. ice box Timeout but. concluded. Play on.
3: Okay. Yeah, the socks okay. are waiting outside okay. for I'll your I'll greaser uh, look, The greaser Prime Minister arrival. of Australia
2: loves a leather jacket, so why can't I? Why,
3: why? <laughs> so that's how we, we're going to roll on. On the receiving end, end of this was the Bills.
1: Oh yeah, the Bills.
3: The Buffalo Bills, the Rex Bills, the Rex and Rob Bills, which is going to transition us nicely into our next segment. Should Should these coaches stay or go? And I guess no better place to start than with Rex Ryan. Team's been on a slide. Defense getting picked apart. Two and five since week Seven.
1: That's no uh, no secret, my disdain for Rex Ryan leading into this season. He wears ridiculous red vests. He looks <laughs> like a beaver. I thought he'd be the first coach sacked. I think he should stay. I'm kind of coming around to the great man. Oh, I, I don't know
3: how to deal with that.
1: Kind of like what he put together, given I don't think his roster's particularly good. I know that they haven't been especially impressive in the last seven weeks, but... I don't know. Give me one more
2: year.
3: You're scared of putting what would his we back. Do in... without Rex? You're scared Why? of putting would, his would back you? against the wall and him coming out with a three game winning streak. Would you flick him? I would flick him. Yeah, absolutely. Go. Yeah. There's a huge concrete, ironclad ceiling above a Rex Ryan team, and they beat their head against it quite a few times this season, and it's time to move on. It's the Arsene right. Mel- Wenger question, though. Like, who do you replace him with? Well, there's coaches out there, you sit back, you take a measured approach, you go through these things and and then you throw $60 dollars a year at Jim Harbaugh's feet. Look, the (laughs)
2: more interesting one for me is Todd Bowles, of course, the New York Jets. Um, probably the chillest guy on the sideline at every game. Absolutely. Just stone cold face, like he just has this eternal smirk, but Mm. you know that that he's really annoyed. I reckon he's having
1: Xanax like this because he's so
2: chill. He barely has a pulse on the sideline, but you know, like they've got some they do have some talent.
1: Was it telling that they couldn't even lose this week when well, yeah, they can't the even 49ers. tank right. They couldn't even tank right.
2: The 49ers were cruising, <laughs> looking like they were going to win. I mean, they were well out of it. Somehow the Jets scrambled and got a win. But what does that matter when you're playing so woefully through the it's season? It's a
3: negative. You yes. want to be losing at this point. Exactly. Season's done. Go get yourself a pick. Look, Not I, just the- that,
2: they had to do it in overtime. So you're like using more energy than you need to.
3: OT. There's never much love when we go O-T. The thing that <laughs> that worries me is that for so much of this stretch, and yeah, they did get the win. There's been. They've been blatantly been quitting and guys not playing hard. So if guys are quitting on coaches, is that a reflection of the players or the coach or both?
2: Yeah, I think Todd has to go more than Rex Ryan in my opinion. I
3: think he goes ta 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 -ta." todd. What about the chipper? Is he going he's in the chipper?
2: Staying. let's keep the chipper no, one more year. One more year. He's going to college.
3: Mel thinks he's going back to college. That might be the smart bet. They've been appalling, don't get me wrong, but doesn't he deserve another year? No. What's he working with? This might yeah, be. I would, I would rather. I would see my lead. <laughs> I'd rather the Browns roster than I would the 49ers Ooh. roster. Yeah, There's actually, no. I agree other with than that. Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner mm. on that defensive line, There's some nice pieces there. You know, the ghost of Navarro Bowman who's injured again. The, Jeremy Curley's their top wide receiver. He's gained something out of Kaepernick. It's, look, I'm not a what big about, Chip uh, Kelly fan, but I don't know what you're expecting. Carlos Hyde and Seek. Oh, fan. sorry. Of course, Carlos Hyde going for nearly 200 yards against the Jets' defense He's this doing week. it
2: a lot by himself. The Whoa. bigger
3: problem there is the front office. What they've done to that yeah. roster, decimating it since the Super Bowl, run they the head with Harbaugh. Systematically taking apart the league's best defense and one of the league's best offensive lines. Uh, so it's hard for Chipper there.
2: No, I think he's going to college now. Mel, yes. he's going
3: back to college.
2: Hugh, Jackson. what's
3: Hugh doing though? With Hugh. zero wins on the season in Cleveland, there's Who? no way he could stay. Hugh Jackson,
2: Who? Hugh, the Who? Browns coach.
3: I think you oh, missed a bit. Okay, play on. Uh, Advantage anyway. paid.
2: <laughs> what is it? Play on. Play <laughs> on. That's no, that's when once he's again in the AFL. <laughs> Mel with the hand gestures <laughs>
3: on the audio platform. Come on, buckets. Roll on. <laughs> that's the weekly edition. <laughs> You guys
2: rib on me so much in this podcast. No, I really need not to true. dish out more.
3: I have a dossier full of stuff to come out <laughs> through the playoffs. Uh, so, no, Hugh Jackson.
2: Yeah, he's gone. You can't not win. A no. Game or stay. Sorry. No, you just you need something else. Something needs to change. Unfortunately, coaches usually have first guys on the chopper.
1: I back. agree with Mel. I think there has to be a circuit breaker. You can't go 0 16, which is about no. to happen. No. Um, and, uh, and back him in to make it any better. Yeah.
3: I disagree completely. I think give this guy some more time working with, hopefully, a better QB stock. You know uh, what? A cavalcade of draft picks yep. are on the way.
2: I think more than a coach, they just need a quarterback, don't they? Like one that will stick around and not get injured and not be terrible.
3: Talking about dismantling offensive lines, they sold everything for spare parts this year. They've got yeah. you know Joe Hayden and Joe Thomas remaining in terms of star power. I know they need a win. They do need a win. Yeah. And if it is 0-16 oh, by season's end, I do get that. Yeah. I do get that. But the f- this is what the front office set him up for.
2: Moving on, Gus Bradley at the Jags. No, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah, He's four totally gone. He can't do a press conference <laughs> without battling through the questions from the media, not understanding things. Like, he's... No. Mm-mm.
3: The lack of player development <laughs> in the Jags Mm-mm. is stunning. <laughs> These guys had an awesome free agency class. Draft class was probably, across the board, mm. the most heralded. And this team... Is one of the sexiest sleeper picks coming into the season? They have two wins. It's nowhere near enough. Gus Bradley, go. This is the interesting one, the most interesting one to me. Chuck Pagano, the Indianapolis Colts. They've, you know, outside of Andrew Luck carrying this team to some sort of respectable record, failed to take hold of this weak, weak, weak division. This guy is a defensive mind, and they're operating the 30th ranked defense in DVOA, along with Ryan Grigson, put together a terrible roster. The record's not that bad, but. Are you
1: wasting Lux Prime here? Yeah, you've written that question in the uh, in the rundown there, and I couldn't agree with you more, Lawrence. Like, he's in supreme talent, and you can't continue to just burn this guy. That is the worst division in the entire NFL. And to watch them get rolled by the Tex- Texans was just... It was painful. Yeah, <laughs> it was sad. I think it was it was depressing.
3: It made people probably turn to the Pinot Noir a little early in the day. Mel, are you getting rid of
1: Chuck?
2: Yeah, he's got to go too. Pinot I mean, Noir,
1: the old breakfast wine.
2: And I think this is the right time too because, you know, they, they stuck with them through some, you know, personal tough times and stuff as well.
1: So um, six coaches that we've gone through there and, and it seems that we think all six of them are in a bit of a fight to hold on to their roles, which brings us along to... The fight club. It
3: certainly does. It's getting to the feisty, pointy, nasty end of the season, and we're seeing tempers flaring, and that carried over to some divisional games this week, and what we do get is the Bengals and the Browns. Not exactly uh, a lot of wins uh, to tally up for these two teams, but plenty of heat on the line. There's history between these two clubs, and... Bengals corner Adam Pacman-Jones, he's got a colourful past, no stranger to trash talk. He went off at Brown's wide receiver Terrell Pryor postgame, saying that, you know, he gives off this facade on the field as being a hard... But, you know, after holding prior to just one catch for three yards on the day, he had this to say.
0: I'm saying all this facades, all this fake hard that he play out on the field, that ain't that ain't real. Pride. i checked check this background. He's a a suburb's kid from Pittsburgh. Garbage. Get
1: him out of there. You, right there, oh, right there, there. you see right him there, in there? He's oh, in the trash right now. There. Yeah.
2: Garbage. All right, Rustling through, there's a garbage bin next to his locker. The, the reporters are asking him everything. And he, and he just looks at the garbage like, there, is he in there? garbage and the reporter just keeps firing up questions at him and he just responds with garbage garbage
3: Pac-Man's Ruff. always good for a good rant I love that he's attacking the suburbs a la, you know <laughs> B Rabbit against uh, against Papa Doc
1: but I know something about you you went to Cranbrook that's a private school but to me-
3: Oh, shots oh. to all the Clarences out there. As, As a, man, a former
1: attendee of a private school, I'd like to take issue with Eminem.
3: <laughs> As a former attendee of a private school whose name's Lawrence. Um, As I'd a take... former
2: attendee of the public system. Oh, you yes. wouldn't really know it looking at that leather jacket. <laughs>
3: yeah. You and
1: Malcolm Turnbull with plenty in common.
3: <laughs> if you want to see Street Cred, go to Mel's Instagram and check out the rap squats uh, everywhere. <laughs> Nothing says thug life. No, I've, um, got,
2: I've got a private account. Follow me on Twitter instead.
3: Oh, dear. Mm. Uh, verified on Twitter?
2: Yes, blue tick. Do Lucky. you have so you a blue your tick, tick yet?
3: You want to talk about street cred? Yeah. <laughs> I am yeah. not having sold out to the corporation like you guys have. I'm still oh, out there okay. slumming it without, right. the, uh, without the tickless crowd. Tell you what, they got me cheap on that sellout. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I love it when we derail. Yeah, um,
2: derail hard.
3: Just like Terrell Pryor, apparently.
1: <laughs> so, my question to you is, regardless of whether he went to private school, is he quite hard or is Adam Pacman Jones just jealous of the attention he'd be getting? Oh, look, Terrell
3: Pryor made the switch from quarterback. So there's a bit of like, oh, you're yeah, a, a bit you know. of swagger there, a yeah. little
2: bit of leadership, a little bit of, you know, macho probably being the QB formally.
3: The sense you get is that Pryor puts off a very, like Mel said, a professional, um, well-spoken um, portrayal to the media, speaks well on Twitter, mm. you know, doesn't get slinging Baiting, or any yeah. mudslinging, but yeah. but sounds good on the field. Uh, he gets down and dirty and offers up a whole lot of lip.
2: I, I like
1: that. I like that too, and I like I that we get drops included. like, this sounds like the Mick Ennis of the NFL. <laughs> now, while we like... Extremely <laughs> polished media performer, lots of enemies in the uh, NRL. But actually, if you've ever had the pleasure, a great bloke.
3: Oh, well, nice to know, because, yeah, Mick Ennis doesn't have the nicest reputation. Now... Someone who has a reputation for uh, getting involved in some questionable off-the-field activities would be uh, one, Akeem Talib, star cornerback from the Denver Broncos. He gets himself in the mix here because Titans receiver Harry Douglas, off the ball, comes in with a disgraceful chop shot right at the knees of Chris Harris. Another star, star cornerback. Store. Jeez, store. Tony Craig's in here. Uh, star <laughs> cornerback for the Denver Broncos. Tlaib, hugely fired up. Uh, a brawl ensues. Next play, Tlaib scraps on the ground. He stands up with, for,
2: his, for his guy. He
3: does. And this was a disgraceful play. Some will say there's an irony or a ridiculousness in Akeem Tlaib being the one to uh, get fired up about a cheap shot, given his penchant for the act. <laughs> mm. But uh, Tlaib, shot who... himself in the leg in the offseason. He, <laughs> so... You don't want to Whoops. mess with him.
2: It was an accident. It was an accident.
3: You don't want to mess with to leave but... So when, they say, be-
1: when they say it's a real shot in the arm, or a real shot in the <laughs> leg, oh, leg for the game. Just
2: quickly, speaking of gun control, um, I saw a thing that Washington wants to bring in a bill that will allow um, fans to bring guns into stadiums, including in Seattle, where the Seahawks play
1: what could go wrong
2: yes can't see any problem with that sounds like a
1: smart move but
2: what did Talib say Laurie
3: well he's an agency buddy of Harry Douglas so you know hopefully what? he doesn't bring same
1: agent he come again to in the chop guys from the back and he got the same agent
3: as me so when I see his ass in Atlanta, land I'm gonna beat his ass it don't, it don't matter how I went. he tried to do something dirty so that's why I'm gonna beat his ass where did he say he was going to beat his ass? Was that in Atlanta, your favourite city?
2: Atlanta, Atlanta. That's, that would be Pat's favourite city. Your favourite show. I, do, I have started watching that show. Donald Glover, very good. He's Not talented. to be conf- confused with Danny Glover, as um, I found out with my friends, the two easily to be mixed up.
3: Danny Glover, when you <clears throat> first notice his speech impediment, his lisp. It, it cannot be unheard. It cannot be unheard. It's the glass breaking moment. It's a lot of feistiness. Who do you take out? Yes. Wi- who are you more scared of? A <sighs> wide receiver or a cornerback?
2: Uh, it's gonna be Keib Talib. He yeah. strikes yeah. me as a little bit loose, a little bit unhinged. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. It's just. just Click the was, flip If I was clip. Harry Douglas, I'd be saying, "Hey bro, sorry."
1: <laughs> I hope their manager. Well, that's how you get straight cred.
2: Hey, yeah. sorry about that.
3: I think we need to clip up a video of like a going off, and then just cut to Mel in studios like, hey, <laughs> mate. Hey bro. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm
1: sorry about that, mate. <laughs> sorry. When I get some Wendy's. <laughs> I want to talk to his uh, the the, right, we'll the guy managing, managing both of them or agenting both of them. Because goodness gracious, he's going to need to roll out some serious it's
2: two naughty school green
1: kids. tea full of antioxidants. Yep. Channeling Ari
3: Gold, who used to make decisions basically Hug on the bottom line. Out. No, no hugging it out. Oh, who brings what? in? Who brings in more cabbage? Akeem Tlaib, about twenty times more than Harry Douglas. <laughs> Gone, die, oh, no. That's how you solve that problem. No. Now, people who don't need problems, is strands ridiculous. in the NFL. Why? Because we're thriving. We've never had more, <laughs> and uh, and some of them were starring on the field. Uh, in first down under this week Melanie
2: yes uh, Pittsburgh punter Jordan Berry 40.5 yard average in the snow from two punts one inside 20 not too bad taking
3: care of business in um, the uh, in the frosty conditions
2: correct and that is always tricky uh, David Yankee we had him on the show last week lovely guy from uh, the Panthers the O-Lineman he had a few more snaps in the Carolinas win over San Diego an interesting game that one as well um, but he actually assisted in Jonathan Stewart's uh, touchdown in the first quarter I uh, believe he leapt right over Dave so that was very good from the o lineman.
1: brief update as well Uh, for those who have followed this podcast intently you will know that we have a tie for Cam Newton (laughs) it has been purchased it's been delivered to the Fox Sports News hard count facility and we are now in the process of getting it in transit to David Yankee to give to Cam Newton it's an aqua tie with sort of Kangaroos. Kangaroo coloured yeah. Kangaroos. Kangaroos. Yes. Um, yeah.
2: Can't miss it. The best Can't type of it.
1: kangaroos, I find. Probably yeah.
2: not being able to purchase that in the States. So but you'll yeah. know when he wears it that it's from us. So but stay tuned for that. And go to at Hard Count Fox for an uh, uh, exclusive picture of what that tie <laughs> looks like.
3: Exclusive. <laughs> we got a little red tick in the corner with our exclusive on that one. Of course. Yes. Um, Fantastic.
2: But also another punter in New York, the Jets, Locke Edwards, good directional punting there. Four inside 20s of his six punts against the Niners. Um, Adam Gutz is just the one tackle against... Against Tennessee for the Broncos and uh, Brad Wing, the Giants punter, very strong showing in New York. Uh, five of his nine punts inside 20. That was for an average of 42.9 yards. His longest of the night, 57 yards. Frigid conditions. Very. And we've got a little treat, haven't we? Because Brad Wing, punter for the New York Giants, he joins us on the phone now from New York. Hey, Brad.
0: Hey guys, how you doing?
2: hey thanks for, um for having a chat look it's been a really busy year for you you've been punting a lot in every game but um you've showed like a lot of consistency this year and that's been really impressive how are you feeling going into the pointy end of the season and the playoffs
0: um it's good you know we, we had a bit of an up and down here last year and uh, we lost a lot of close games but this year we've we've come up on the other side of those close ones so it's been good to be on the winning side more than we are on the losing side and um and we're looking forward to finishing off strong and, and hopefully getting into the playoffs.
1: You're very much uh, winning more than you're losing, Brad. Nine and four for the season. A huge victory over Dallas in this last round of, uh, of fixtures. Did you guys know that in preseason you felt like you were capable of putting together this sort of season?
0: Yeah, obviously every every year is a new team and, and there's new excitement around that team. And um, and I think this offseason we really understood we had something special. We, we had a lot of great additions. From other teams, um, and we put a really good team together on paper. So it was just a matter of going out and executing that, and we've been able to do that. And, um, and we're pretty excited. You know, we, we think we have a pretty special team, and, um, and the sky's the
3: limit for us. You mentioned guys coming in from other teams. Not someone who came in this offseason, but a couple ago was Dwayne Harris, who came across from the Cowboys. We can see you guys celebrating, little wiggly fingers going (laughs) on after a a nice little uh, punt coverage play. Uh, It looks like special teams unit is having a lot of fun out there. How important are those guys to you, the coverage unit, and do you feel a lot of bonding within that uh, third phase of the game?
0: Yeah, I mean, those guys are everything Um, as as far as me and my job. um, They... They they make my job easy, you know. They they go down and tackle the tackle the returner, and like you saw last night, go down and make great plays down in the ball inside the five ten yard line. So those guys are everything. We work real hard during the weeks um, on those on those specialty plays, and um, it's good to be able to go out there on Sundays and execute them. But the the bond between us is strong, um, as, as it is with the whole team, because we realise the special teams. Um, you know, it's a third of the whole the whole squad. So uh, in close games, it usually does play a very big role.
2: It seems like a really tight locker room, as you as you said. And um, maybe perhaps yeah. uh, Ben McAdoo is a big part of that. There was an interesting story this week that was on um, the New York Post, which which we also picked up on FoxSports.com.au, um, just about uh, yeah. before the game in Dallas. How coach was showing you that viral video of the man punching a kangaroo? Is is that true, Brad? <laughs>
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, he that, he <laughs> and um, you know, he, he always kind of ties in a in a strong message. And that one was um, that was that was a funny one. He just he, he said, you know, whenever an opportunity presents itself, you don't back down. So, <laughs> was a funny video to go along with that, and um, and it was good. The guys responded well to it, and He does. He 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 creates a good environment to work in. Uh, he, he's a great coach. He's got a good mixture between fun and, and business, and um, I think it's showing on Sundays when we play.
2: In that scenario, as the Australian in the team, does everybody look at you and go, "Is this real? Have you done this? Is that the you know the the corny yeah. scenario?"
0: Yeah, everyone kind of looks at me, and, and now everybody now everybody thinks they can square up with a kangaroo. <laughs> you, know, so you know, that guy that guy probably got out of there as as, as lucky as you can after squaring up with the kangaroo.
1: Surely it's your responsibility, there, Brad, to say. Look, I know that you're all laughing at this, but seriously, if you ever put a rooney in my dog, I'm going to square up to it, So don't, don't be messing <laughs> yeah. with us. Exactly. No, it was a funny one to watch, and uh, it definitely
0: got a lot of the guys going.
2: For you, Brad, like, what is your pre-game and post-game preparation like? I mean, a lot of people back home they probably don't really understand what goes into it, but you've uh, you know yeah. racked up those gross punt yards, second on the on the list in the league, and. Third most punts in the league as well. Like, how do you keep that consistency, and how do you keep your body in check through the season?
0: You know, the weekly preparation—it's kind of the same every week. Um, depending on the returner, you know, most returners are, have a little bit something unique in their games that are different. Um, so you just want to kind of minimise the return man. So you got to figure out—you know, am I going to punt it out of bounds? Just whatever punt you're going to figure out to do to try and minimise him, and, and then you just execute that during the whole week. Um, and then post game, you know, I, I kind of have a funny post game routine. I, I quickly run straight in to the, um, to the locker rooms and get in the shower before anyone else is even in the locker room and I, and I get ready to go.
2: Um,
0: I just started doing that, uh, halfway through last year and I don't know, it's just a weird habit I've gotten into whether we win or lose. Um, I take paper straight in, hit the showers, and then kind of get ready for the next one. So, Smart.
2: before um, no, the hot water runs out. Thinking, yeah,
0: exactly. Um, so I don't spend too much time thinking about the past game because it's always on to the next one. You know, it's uh, that's the mentality I've kind of been, I've kind of grown up grown with here, and um, and it's, it's an important one because the, the most important play, the most important game, is always the next one.
3: Speaking about that experience you've gained and, and kind of maturity, one guy that you didn't come into the league at the same team with, but you came through college together, and that was Odell Beckham Jr. And you guys seem to have probably a closer relationship than you'd usually see between a punter and a star receiver. But you're know, yeah. winding up on a team uh, together, being college teammates. How has that helped each other, do you think, having someone that you know has had your back for a long time and, and you've got that close personal relationship
0: with? Yeah, it's good. You know, again, it makes, it makes going to work. Um, not luck worth at all you know it's uh, it's great it's a lot of fun um him and i have had a lot of fun over the years and we continue to do that and uh it's just good to it's just good to have been able to watch his career um kind of propel into what he is now um as you said a superstar um it's been fun watching that entire journey kind of unfold and um it, it's just good seeing all the hard work pay off for both him and myself um and to be on the same team, you know, it's hard enough to get into the NFL, let alone be on the same team with the close friend. So it's something we don't take for granted. We try and enjoy the moment um, because we know it is a very, very rare situation. So we try not to take any of it for granted.
1: You touched on the fact yourself there that he's an absolute superstar and you know there's nothing more Australian yeah. than cutting a tall poppy down. So <laughs> being the Australian on the team, like we just can't even comprehend it how big a star a guy like this is. You know, in an Australian media sense, we deal with guys like Buddy Franklin, whoever, and and we think it must be hard for them to sort of stay grounded. Do you ever just sort of talk to him and say, mate, how on earth do you have any sort of scope for a a sort of normal life, a normal reality?
0: Yeah, it is funny, you know, just just because I've seen it all kind of, you know, we were friends before, anyone knew his name, and then kind of it all just progressed. And it's it's funny, you know, because like you said, he can't do the normal day activities like go to the mall or run to the you know run to the gas station to get milk and you know all that's out the window we can't do any of that now and anywhere he goes there's someone looking there's a camera pointing at him and it's uh it's, it's it really is crazy uh but like you said i think he's done a good job just kind of remaining humble through it all and one thing about him is he just loves the game of football he's very passionate about it um and so i think he just uses that to kind of the kind of quiet the noise around him Um, he just focuses on football and and he loves it so much he doesn't let anything take away from that
2: Brad this year it's been an interesting one for you obviously experiencing a lot of success with the team and everything but anyone who follows you on social media they'll know you have a young son Bentley I mean how have you how do you handle being a young dad and and being in the NFL with that high stress uh, sort of job that you have
0: it's good you know it really is everything to me Uh, you know before Bentley was born you know I, I placed a lot of I guess a, a lot of stress and all all that came from football. Um, football is everything to me, and, and now, you know, it's it kind of put everything in perspective. Um, at the end of the day, the football, while it is my job and while I take it very, very seriously, it is um, it is just that. It's my job, and, and the main thing is to be a dad for Dently, um, and, and to raise him the right way. So he's kind of put everything in perspective for me, and I think he's just given me kind of a level of comfort as far as it goes with my career in football because when I'm out there, I don't feel the same pressure as I did um, before he was around when I was in college because I I just kind of know, you know, no matter what I do, he's always going to be proud of me and uh, I think that just gives me a bit of peace of mind when I'm out there.
2: I mean, it's been an up-and-down year, I suppose, on and off the field. In some ways, your mate Odell a lot of flack didn't he from uh, you know showing yeah. his emotions on his sleeve as he does um, and of course there was the Josh yep. Brown kicker you know being cut um, I mean how has it been for you to overcome those distractions I mean are they even distractions at all for you
0: yeah I mean they are a little bit you know it's uh, there's always there's always something to in being reported and um this yeah. year it happened to just be within our locker room and um, you know that's just a part of it it's a part of the game whether it be an injury or an off the field incident there's always going to be a distraction if you will coming from the outside and it's just the coach's job to keep everybody focused and, and that's what he did we're all focused about winning games and what we have to do to get better as a team and i think that kind of just makes you forget about all the all the things that are being said outside the room
3: you're talking about dealing with distractions there, and one young guy that's going to have to deal with a few as he gets a bit more attention is Mitch Wisnowski out of Utah, who is of course Australia's latest Ray Guy Award winner. And that Australian punting family is a strong one, and the legacy strong. We we just have to yeah. look at LSU and see the legacy that you've left behind with uh, with Jamie and then and yeah. then Groudon there now as well. How do you feel yeah. looking at that, seeing you know this fellow Aussies in the league, but this complete dominance of this prestigious award and and the Aussies just filtering in to the college sport that you know you helped. Uh, Satellite with some of the plays that we saw down at LSU. Yeah,
0: it's, it is. It's crazy to think about. Um, you know, back in the day, I never would have thought that um, it, it would have had an impact in guys. You know, wanting to come over here. But I think it's good. You know, there's obviously a lot of talent in Australia when it comes to kicking a football. And I think there's a lot of guys over there that have what it takes to be successful over here in college, and and some even you know at the next level. Um, so I think it's good. You know, I, I enjoy turning on the. T V on Saturdays and here and there's another Aussie trying to hit another school somewhere and, and then to see, you know, all the, all the guys as finalists and then the winner of the Ray right Guy to be an Australian kid, it's um it's it's good to watch. It's uh, it's fun. I think it's um I think it also helps the awareness of the sport uh, grow in Australia as well. A lot of people are you know, compared to five years ago when I was in college, it's, I feel like a lot more people in Australia are watching more NFL games or college games. Just American football itself, I feel like, is getting a little bit bigger in Australia as the years go on.
2: And uh, a little closer to home, those guys that were up for the Ray Guy Award, um, they obviously were in Aussie rules before then. Yourself as well used to play. But uh, there's been some reports that you, as a North Melbourne fan, right, used to be a big North Melbourne guy, and now uh, you've lost interest in AFL. Tell us it isn't true.
0: Well, well, that's a bit harsh. I wouldn't say I've lost interest. I mean, I, I sit down and I watch it when it's on, but I just I don't follow it like I used to. You know, I, I don't find myself, you know, getting online and looking up the scores and stuff like that. Um, I'm just so caught up in, in, you know, the American football, and that's kind of taken over my life, but I wouldn't say I'm not interested in, other you know, rules. I'm coming back there this off-season um, around, you know, hopefully after our Super Bowl appearance, hopefully we're in the Super Bowl. I'll come on right after that and, Um, I think it will be some preseason footy on when when I'm down there. I'll go to a couple of games. So it's not that I lost interest. I just, I think there's another sport that's kind of taken my heart, to be honest with you.
1: Brad, it's encouraging to hear that the shin bonus spirit lives on in you, regardless of maybe it's just dipping a little bit. I'm sure it's uh, alive and well. Yeah. Just want to finish yeah, by asking you, um, yeah. Just want to finish by asking you about Sad Manning face. Now, this is something that has taken over the internet. <laughs> Dot gif. <laughs> Do you ever just go, you know, see? Maybe he doesn't get, you know, first use of the showers, you know, because you're in there first, or perhaps you know he wants an ice cream and all the ice creams are gone and he gets a bit sad and you're like, come on, mate, you got to, you just got to ease up uh, on the Sad Manning face. Cheer up, buddy. It's
0: okay. He uh, he pulls some good faces, old Eli. Uh, he's, he's a good one. He's a good one to just watch out of practice, you know, all his facial expressions. Of. But he's, he's a very funny character. He's a good guy. He's a, he's a big joker on the team. And, um, and I think he just plays a part in creating that good work environment. Um, good mixture, again, between business and fun. Um, and as you know, I mean, he's a two-time Super Bowl MVP. He definitely knows how to handle business. So it's good to go to work with someone like that every day.
3: Well, we want to just thank you very much for, for taking time out of those busy days to join us and, and share a little insight into what's a pretty interesting season over there in New York. It's, it's great to see the, uh, the NFC East back and firing right in the front line of the NFL. So thanks again and, and wish you only the best of luck uh, for the rest of the season.
0: Thanks, Mike. No problem. Thank you guys for having me, and I'll be on any time.
2: Uh, We'll be watching you closely Get nine punts in a game So it's hard to miss you (laughs) Yeah,
0: I didn't get that many touches In Aussie rules
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was an awesome chat Although I've got to say, Pat A terrible analogy Using me as an example Um, I'm not nervous I'm just fine
1: No, that's what I said You were nervous at the start But now 14 weeks in You you are Just just shredded me In front of the
2: NFL player He
1: loved it He was like, wow That Mel sounds like A real professional (laughs) Do you know who is Sometimes unprofessional You, Well, me frequently (laughs) But uh, I was going to say Travis Kelsey, Oh, and yes. all, you know who is also unprofessional sometimes. Go on yourself because you've what? you've let us down here, oh, and you're I? catching Kelsey segments, which has been one of the mainstays of the show for many many weeks. A true highlight. It wrapped up when why Travis did we invite this guy? In?
2: Why did we invite this guy on the pod? For
3: these
1: moments, it's a brilliant, brilliant uh, moment that's taken place over the weekend. All right, which go is tell a, me a game that we go didn't on. touch on. Uh, Starting the weekend, as was a real, mm. Seniors is a really big fixture. The Chiefs, my Chiefs, knocking over the Raiders 21 13. Oh,
2: your Chiefs now, are
1: yeah, they? Oh, yeah, now they are. Going the anyway, football, they during are. During the game, Marquette King the punter the
2: swaggy punter does the dancing Oakland, and stuff
1: who carries on a little bit he yeah. and Travis were seen sort of having a bit of an exchange Ooh. and sort of laughing and they asked Travis Kelsey about it after the game and he said oh well Marquette told me that I didn't have any rhythm and he said I'll, sh- I'll let you know all about rhythm you'll see it when I get in the end zone and then did the riding the Bronco sort of dance yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. well Marquette King has since come out and said well you know he's gone on Twitter and said uh, that's not exactly how it went down I said I told him I don't need a reality show to find a girl. Lol.
2: Oh. Burn Travis snap. Kelsey.
1: Just lit up like a Christmas tree at the festive part of so the year. That's so bold
2: from Marquette King because there's a serious size difference between those two guys. <laughs> yeah. There is. He doesn't and have the
1: credibility to be saying that no, as a punter to a, a tight punter, end, does yes. he? Yes. No, no, no. All right. So there you no. go. A little bonus postscript Travis Kelsey catching Kelsey update. <laughs> Uh, to jump into the mailbag, Postman Pat's mailbag,
3: we've got one question here, and it comes from a friend of the ah. show, and it's not on the rundown because that's how I roll sometimes. Okay. Cunning Rory, that would be Rory Cunningham, oh, yeah, friend of the show. He, uh, he wanted to know if anybody in here had a particularly strong fantasy football playoff trophies or punishments going on, because, the, and this is one of the great ones that I've heard of. He's in what you call the Mark Holden League. Uh, now, for those who need to connect the dots, Mark Holden, Frankie J Holden,
1: touchdown,
3: <laughs> touchdown, Mark Holden uh, from Australian
1: Idol. From fans. Australian yeah. Idol, like now if you nailed a good song. They give you the big wind up, Rory. Yeah. Yeah. You've made a touchdown. Yes. The gold
3: graphic and sparkles.
2: Yeah. Unsurprisingly, not the hand signals you do for a touchdown. No, but, well,
3: I don't um, know if Mark Holden's ever seen, inaccurate. but naming their league after him, they went searching for a trophy, and they reached out to what they thought was Mark Holden's agency. Yep, turns out Rory was actually. Just emailing Mark Holden straight away and at his personal email. Uh, from all accounts, Mark was very prompt in his replies. He's been a doing lovely much guy.
2: These days. Yeah. And
3: they've sent
1: through. He's throwing down touchdowns <laughs> left, right, and centre now. <laughs> he's, got, he's got no show. So, where does <laughs> he goes to the store and goes uh, just a skinny flat white, thanks? And they give him a good one, and he goes. A barista lorry, <laughs> a touchdown! <laughs> and they go, oh, thanks, mate. Can you just move along? I'd well, like to make the next coffee for our next customer. That's the
3: type of enthusiasm this Mark Holden League got because he sent through signed, uh, signed Mark Holden touchdown poster for their trophy hoard, as well as a signed Holden Brothers special CD. So, Mel, have you been in any leagues that could possibly rival that in terms of... Championship trophy or punishment?
2: Well, I'm in three leagues, um, Mm -hmm. but I would say that uh, the league that you and I are in, Fox League, the Fox Sports Let's Get Digital League, Mm. um, is probably the best because we all went in on a championship (laughs) belt.
3: An exceptionally expensive one. Very expensive. Authentic white leather
2: wrestling-like championship belt.
3: Now, will you be in contention for uh,
1: the belt?
2: I will not because okay. um, I'm in the no-man's land in between the losers and the winners. I
1: feel like, Lawrence, with that look of smuggery all over your face that you're oh, basically going to win the uh, belt.
3: 13-1 and one on the season for a reason. Stacky,
1: any fantasy football or and
2: any
3: fantasy titles
1: that sit proudly? Uh, I have made, you know who I really hate? Alistair Bloody Clarkson. So Alistair Clarkson made a real habit of resting all these players in the last round of the season in a way of getting them all fresh for finals. So I frequently went into a number of AFL Fantasy Grand Finals, like huge favourite, only to watch on in horror as my six Hawthorne players would all get rested by Clarko.
3: We hope the rest of you out there Don't suffer any late season restings and stuff to ruin your fantasy playoffs. Frost Lion also cost me a couple of.
2: (laughs) So, if you have any uh, ingenious fantasy prize pools that you would like to share, go to at HardcountFox. Tell us about it. We'll retweet it, maybe mention it on the show next week. Speaking of next week, go to a crystal ball and uh, look into what might happen next. a hard cut. I love um,
1: the hard cut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me
2: too. So, Laurie, what do you see in, oh, in your crystal ball coming games. up in week fifteen of the NFL?
3: Some good games, and I'm going to go to Sunday Night Football with Alan Chris. Mm. I think Alan Chris are lining up this week. I don't think Big Mike's getting the call up.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Cowboys and Buccaneers at Dallas. I think the Buccaneers. Their rampant pass rush that has come on, and Big Mike Evans being able to run through the secondary. I uh, I think the Buccaneers make it two losses on the trot for the Cowboys, making uh, my arrival in Dallas for Week 16 one just filled with tension, turmoil, and (laughs) drama like only Big D can do.
1: There are some rumours going around that your appearance in Dallas could be even more anticipated than a potential return of Tony Romo because they see you as the likely (laughs) saviour for the Dallas Cowboys. Just you simply being in town to eat all that barbecue, drink all that beer, could just help them Get going. You lost me at barbecue and beer. What were we talking about again?
2: Don't pump him up any more than he already is, Pat.
1: Well, in stark contrast, I think he's dead wrong for next week. I'm going to be financially unloading on the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) People have sold the stock way too early on them after one unfortunate (laughs) loss to the New York Giants where, let's face it, they could have won. I think that... Eli could have thrown a few pick sixes if things had gone their way if the Cowboys have just five. hold on to that thing. I think their run game is going to be far too strong for the Buccaneers and they're going to knock him over in Dallas, uh, rendering poor old Lawrence's <laughs> return to Dallas largely useless. <laughs> Wow, I would think seeing uh, seeing
3: a rising young Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott in person um, has some use. Mel?
2: Yes, uh, I've got a couple of picks here. I think the Titans at the Chiefs is going to be a real good game. I'm looking forward to that one, I think. Uh,
1: these Chiefs are going to smoke them.
2: I wouldn't be so Smoking
1: sure. I B, B, Q. I
2: wouldn't be so sure. Um, I think Tennessee are a pretty exciting team to watch because you don't know exactly what you're going to get each week. How do you um, think
1: your Patriots will go against the Broncos next week? That I one's going to be I really interesting. I think they'll win that. Yeah, too good in even, Denver.
2: Even in Mile High, yeah, I think okay. they'll win that. Broncos have lost a lot of steam and yeah, I think they'll win that one. Um and then also the game that I really like for your Atlanta Falcons versus the 49ers <laughs> in Atlanta. You think the forty ers This is are gonna, gonna be up? oh my god, if it was a drubbing this week, I don't know what. We need to come up with a new adjective because yeah. it's gonna be ugly. S- real ugly.
3: Thinking sixty? Maybe. So Mel thinks the Falcons might tickle sixty Stacky thinks the Cowboys are going to roll. I think I'm going to be walking into drama in week 16. So much to look forward to. Before we go, if you disagree, love, hate, whatever our takes are, you can hit us up at PatStackFox, at MelanieDaniashki, and, of course, at HardCountFox.
1: Until then, any final words for uh, the fans at home? Yeah, just a big thank you to Brad Wing. Winger Wing. He was delightful. What a guy.
3: Nothing mixes quite as well together as an Aussie accent and a bit of the Bayou.